Welcome to the Intern Whisperer, the show all about the future of work and innovation. Today's Intern Whisperer tip of the week comes from Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote this really great book called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Some people may know it as the five love languages, but you can actually flip it over so it works just as easily for the people that are in the workplace. So we're gonna just look at one of those five this week. So words of affirmation. You wanna make sure that the words that you speak to your people that are with you is always sharing appreciation and recognition. So Alyssa, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. This is your last day of the show. It is indeed, and thank you for welcoming me. I feel very appreciated and I have my entire time here. Oh, did you get your little present yet? Not yet. Okay. All right. And so we also have in here, Matt, he is uh, behind the scenes. He's going to be stepping into some of the conversation. I hope he has the show notes pulled up. Yeah, I got All right. He's got my back. So that's awesome. So very good. Now, today's guest is David Washington, and he is the owner of Myers, a co-owner of Myers and Washington Consulting Firm, Door-to-Door Marketing, and he is also participating. He's on the board. He is going to be assuming a leadership role in the Alta Project. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So our show is all about education, innovation, and the future of industries and jobs. All right. Every politician always talks about that. Yes. How many jobs are we actually going to bring to the world? Oh, boy. How many jobs are being lost to Mm. automation? Okay, well, we're going to talk about that at the end. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, why don't you kick us off with the questions? All right, absolutely. Thank you again, David, for being here. And would you please tell us a little bit about yourself using only five words? Five words, okay. Twin, loyal, honest, truthful, determined. Sounds like a Boy Scout to me. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> yeah, but they have two fingers. I'm going to guess. Yes, they do. Yeah, so there's those twins. Yes. Yeah. Why those words, David? Um, well, twin, because I have a twin brother who's yeah. in Chicago. And when I was growing up, uh, my nickname was Twin. So it stuck with me over the years. Uh, I've had other nicknames since then, but Twin has always been with me since a little kid. Oh, I have a question more. Yes. So does that mean you were the second born? I was the first born by four minutes. So why is it twin? I mean, the twin should be the duplicate that comes out after. Embrace <laughs> it. My brother go, went by the name Rebel. I don't know where that came from, but uh, <laughs> twin was more fitting. I was, it was easy for me to embrace that. When I say loyalty, honesty, and um, truthfulness, those are three tenets of my practice, uh, whether it's professionally or personally. And so those are things that uh, those three values are values that I I really try to live by every day. So it defines me. It's what I expect of myself. I expect that of the people that I'm in a relationship with, whether personally or professionally. And uh, it's what I expect from the clients that I work with. That's very nice. And the last one was determination. Yes. Right? That, that one I had to pull out of the hat there. It does make sense for me because like anyone, uh, anyone who's seeking success in any manner or any way, you're going to be determined. You're focused on your goals yeah. and you just get after it, especially 
And this part of my life, older, seeing my accomplishments, my not so much accomplishments in the past. And after this year, and you know, roughly 18 months of, uh, of the pandemic, you just really have to be determined about your goals to succeed. 18 months. Wow, that sounds like a really long time. Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about it in that that number. I think a year and a half, and it doesn't sound as long, but 18 months is the equivalent, and it is ridiculously mm. long. Would you like to tell us about uh, what did you want to be when you were a child? When I was a child, I always wanted to be uh, two things. One, a Peace Corps volunteer, Ooh. and the other was a U.S. senator. Oh, wow. Yes, and I was able to accomplish one of them. You went in the Peace Corps. I was in the Peace Corps. I was a Peace Corps volunteer. Oh, boy, back in the early 90s. Where did Thailand. you go? Thailand. Yes. Can you speak? Who passed the Thai die? Oh, well, he can speak. Sounds Kong. good. Are you still? I can't be when I think hard about it. I'm also fluent in Spanish. And sometimes you'll hear a mixture of Spanish and Thai. Uh, but if I think about it, if I'm in a situation where you know, I concentrate, I experience the Thai culture and the Thai people. And uh, I can tell you that they're just like Americans. You know, they like their rock and roll, their blues, and their Coca-Cola. And it, it, was a, it was a good experience, a very good experience. Did your brother go too? No, he did not. All right. So this is where you guys kind of split in different paths, it sounds like. Actually, he was in college. Really? Oh, what, is, yes. what does your brother do? My brother works for the state of Illinois. He is a deputy director for the Department of Children and Family Services. Oh, that's a hard job. Well, we like to tease him. My uh, friend and I, a uh, good friend from the neighborhood, we like to tease him and uh, say that as an administrator, he just pushes paper from one side of the desk to the other. And two very important like sections of government that really need like good qualified people. Oh, definitely. It, it, it's a tough job, what my brother does, and coming up through the ranks, through the uh, private agencies, through the state agency, uh, it, it takes a toll. And I once worked for the Department of Children and Family Services as a manager supervisor there uh, for 21 odd years, and it took a toll on me. I worked with abused children and their families, and uh, I can tell you some horror stories. Well, yeah, I uh, worked for an attorney that was also doing family law. So I got to read a lot of those cases and it is heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. is truly heartbreaking. Yeah. People are emotional creatures. Mm -hmm. And as such, you know, as fiercely as they may love, they can also just as fiercely hate. And then the children become the weapons. What we do to our children, our elderly and our pets can be yeah. despicable. Yeah, it sure enough can be. Yeah. I agree. Well, on the lighter side, <laughs> going back, Peace Corps, yes. um, I find that just really interesting. I remember when I was looking into it, you have to sign up for a year. Actually, it was two years for us. Wow. Uh, we were the... Okay, so you were spending two years in Thailand? For our group, we were the 100th, no, the 99th group to go to Thailand since the start of the Peace Corps under President uh, JFK. And it was a two-year commitment. A lot of us didn't make it through training. A lot of us didn't make it through six months. I made it through a year. And then I became violently sick. Oh, wow. With a terrible case of gastritis. And I, after that, I spent about a week in the hospital, in, in the Thai hospital in Bangkok. 
and I, I, I just didn't have the, I, I just didn't have it, have the feeling anymore that I belonged there. Oh. And so after about a year, I came back uh, to the States. But it was, but the year that I did, that I did stay there, uh, it was great. It was a great experience. It, it was hard, but I learned a lot about myself and what I could achieve. Well, so where did you go to school? All of that fun stuff. What was your major? How did you get into politics? Well, in kind of reference back to where my brother and I kind of went our separate ways throughout our whole life. You know, our parents, my mom would dress, dress us up alike. And we were always, there's, you know, Frank and Frank, Doug and David, David and Doug. And so in college, uh, we both attended Lake Forest College in Lake Forest, Illinois. And uh, I actually chose Lake Forest because I thought it was a beautiful campus. It's, it's a wealthy community on the shores of Lake Michigan. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful, especially during autumn when I went to visit. And so, of course, you get the package deal. You know, you send both, both kids to the school. You get a discount in the tuition scholarships. So we both attended uh, Lake Forest College. I ended up leaving after my freshman year. My brother ended up graduating. Uh, from Lake Forest College with a degree in psychology. I came back home, went to school uh, at uh, one of our local universities, Chicago State University. And I spent a lot of time while at home at school, out on the streets, in clubs, museums, galleries, places where I can learn outside of the classroom. And I, I learned a great deal, again, about, you know, the people around me, the people I want to be around. I learned a lot about what I could achieve uh, by going to school and going to school in, in the streets. I graduated uh, a year early than my brother and then went to the Peace Corps. I graduated, graduated with a degree in liberal arts uh, with a minor in international relations in Spanish. But during that time, I was in school I had an internship with a state representative on the southeast side of Chicago. His name is Clem Balinoff. And at this time, Chicago is known for its politics. And as I tell people, uh, I learned politics the hard way. Politics is a, what's the saying? Now I can't remember to say it. It's a, it's a blood sport oh. in Chicago. Politics is a blood sport. And at that time, um, Harold Washington, the first black mayor of uh, Chicago, was the mayor of Chicago. And uh, there were certain Democrats who had turned Republican who fought Harold Washington every step of the way. Clem Balinoff was a Democrat uh, in the shape of a former communist. I mean, they, he really believed in a lot of the socialist communist theory, but he was a Democrat, moderated as he got older. Um, and his family, the Balinoffs, were friends with Harold Washington. And the family that fought Harold Washington were the Verdoliacs, Eddie Verdoliac to be exact. I and, think I'm on a real episode that should be Ancestry.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was in the thick of that. Uh, the 10th Ward is notorious. And uh, I learned politics the hard way. And uh, I did things that uh, helped me prepare for my role today and things that I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I, I will incriminate myself. However... Uh, I learned a lot about what politics means to the community. I learned that politics is the community. 
And at the end of the day, if you don't have a good relationship with the community, you really shouldn't be in politics. Oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is like a piece of wisdom right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So I went to the Peace Corps um, after I they mailed my degree while I was in Thailand because I before I I uh, received my degree and I came back uh, and I started working on my master's in social work. And uh, from there, different jobs with uh, private agencies working in child welfare, family counseling. I started a career with the Department of Children and Family Services at about 24, 25. So you and your brother are very similar in those interests. I like to say he followed me. Okay. <laughs> well, we <laughs> did. say that because you were firstborn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I earned my master's in social work. I did uh, counseling, uh, crisis counseling. Uh, on the side, I did therapy on the side. Um, during my tenure with the department, I helped organize the managers and supervisors to become unionized. Uh, then Governor Rob Lagojevich uh, allowed that to happen with executive order. And so I put everything on the line, my job, my career, my family, and helped organize uh, the supervisors and managers, and now they're in the union, wow. and I'm not with them anymore. Uh, so um, after about 21 years, um, it, it just wore on me um, the, the the struggle with our administration, mm-hmm. with uh, sometimes our own teams, um, the 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 internal politics uh, just was enough. And uh, the department and I agreed to go separate ways. And I said, I need a fresh start. Uh, casualties of, of my career were my marriage, uh, my family, uh, everything that I knew uh, that defined me at that time. And so I was like, I said to myself, it's time to hit the reset button. And uh, That's good. I came here to Florida in 2015. And uh, I started working for the Children and Family Services here. So why Florida, though? Why Florida? Well, the two houses that I owned in Illinois. Mm -hmm. During winter, the winters in Chicago are brutal. Yes, they are. And I don't mind the cold. I don't. I don't mind the cold. It is the snow that... And uh, I, I just had... I had enough. Um, I was seeing someone at the time that my marriage had already dissolved. Uh, I was seeing someone at the time. She suggested that, uh, you know, go to Florida and she'll meet me there. It's like, okay, I'll go to Florida. And I came down here to Florida. She followed six months later. Um, I started working for uh, DCF here in Florida. I found that they were corrupt and I said, you know, the hell with this. I'm going to kick back for a while and enjoy Florida. And I stumbled back into politics. Uh, that in itself is a is a story. Yeah, that's like a crazy good ride, though. It was. Mm-hmm. I don't regret anything. No regrets. I, I have had the time of my life, uh, some really great experiences. And uh, I, again, no regrets. I, I enjoy what I do. I, I really appreciate everything that I've learned from the people that I've interacted with over the years. Mm. Yeah, and it sounds like you've made a really lot of great positive change as well. I have, I have, I definitely have. Uh, there were things that I realized that, uh, you know, you just shouldn't carry that burden. 
And uh, you, you ask forgiveness when you're sincere and hope that forgiveness is given. Um, and I wake up every day uh, thanking the Lord for another beautiful day and hoping that each day is better than the last. So we have a lot of uh, political tension, I would say, going on right now. Sure. Uh, how would you say is kind of the best way to move forward and potentially resolve that? Um, it'll never be resolved, first of all. There will always be some type of political tension, whether it's, you know, uh, you get it from one end of the political spectrum or the other. Second, you always want to look at the facts. And a lot of times, especially in this political world, you want to seek out the facts yourself. And so, of course, the internet's a great place for facts. Facts. What we think is facts. There's also right. fake truth. There is fake truth. Yes, there is. There is misinformation. However, you know, again, you, you go back to the responsibility you have to determine what the truth is. And so you do have warring fac factions um, trying to secure political power. Um, my advice and what I've come to practice very recently is that I try to look for the middle ground. I try to look for solutions that benefit our communities as a whole, benefit as many of our members of our communities as possible. We're not going to save everyone. I learned that very, very early in my uh, career working for uh, Children and Family Services. There are going to be some people, some children, unfortunately, who are going to fall between the cracks. And that's mm -hmm. unfortunate. However, that's the reality. And uh, if I hold on to that, I'm going to find myself in the hospital, you know, every six to eight months. And I don't want to do that again. And um, with politics, there are some things that, um, that I know, okay, this is crap. And then there are some things that I know that, okay, they're pandering. And a good portion of the time, it's one of the two. However, in that moment, sometimes you'll find the truth. And that's what you, you embrace. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, thank you, yeah. yeah. First paying job, what was it? Ah, first paying job was my summer year before my freshman, my the summer before my freshman year. Okay. At Lake Forest College, um, my brother and I had opportunity to work at the college and general maintenance and everything. And so we were there, uh, 17 year olds on our own for the first time on college campus. Sounds like trouble. It was trouble. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of trouble. And uh, we, we earned, uh, you know, some decent money uh, working uh, for the college and, you know, just, you know, doing maintenance stuff, you know, falling asleep on top of big boilers that heated the, the, the whole campus. That, that was a Okay, so what was the fun part? Because so far, I haven't heard anything that sounds like fun. Part was that we were able to meet all the upperclassmen before the freshman class came, okay. and we were acclimated to uh, the whole college scene before everyone else. So when all of our freshman peers uh, started coming to school, uh, we were already our room was already decked out. And we were, we were, you know, the place to be. We were 
ultra popular and being twins, it, that was just incredible. Three companies. Tell us about your three companies. Okay, so my three companies, uh, let's start with Myers and Washington. Uh, when I left DCF here in Orange County and just kind of taking in Florida, I was uh, with my brother who was visiting at a uh, one of those uh, coffee trucks, food trucks uh, on Par Street. And um, I, he's a big coffee aficionado or whatever they call themselves. I said, oh, Doug, you got to try this coffee. And so we went there and I had my first mocha latte or whatever you want to call it. And I'm just sitting there enjoying it. And my brother strikes up a conversation with this, this blonde. And I'm like, okay, here he goes flirting. And they get into a conversation about politics. I'm like, oh, my brother's way out of this, you know, league here. And um, all of a sudden, I, I hear my brother volunteering me to help um, uh, Wendy, is her name, Wendy's friend in her campaign. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to politics. I walked away, you know, some years ago. I'm tired. And uh, Wendy persuaded me to help her uh, candidate, it was uh, then candidate Emily Bonilla, who was running for Orange County uh, Commissioner District 5. And I said, you know, I'm not doing anything. I can learn a little bit more about Orange County. And I decided to go ahead and uh, uh, introduce myself to Emily and her mm -hmm. husband, Mel. And I said, you don't know me. I don't know you. However, I know how to win campaigns. I've done mm -hmm. it in Illinois. I can help you. And, um, you know, all I ask is that we communicate, have open communication and uh, don't pay me. Uh, I will prove myself to you. Just pay for my dinner. And so I ran the campaign. OK, so dinner can be like really, really expensive and really good food. That sounds like lobster every night to me. Yes. It well, is. maybe not lobster, but definitely really high end crap. Oh, yeah. Lobster, steak. Oh, yeah. I eat well. I eat. Yeah. Yeah. And um they were, it was just before the August primary. I reorganized their communications in their field operations. Um, Emily was able to make a runoff with the incumbent, a well-entrenched uh, Republican uh, by the name of Ted Edwards, who was the, 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 the sitting commissioner and had been the previous sitting commissioner uh, years ago. And so, um, I said, you know, between August and November, which was the general election, uh, we need to focus on where your votes are. Oh, yeah. And um, that's what we did. Despite seeing Ted Edwards signs all over, I mean, literally all over the district and some, and sometimes out of the district, um, we, I wasn't deterred. Signs don't vote. People do. And so I determined which precinct was likely to uh, lead the trend of the district as far as the votes. Uh, so if a specific precinct was going to have 80% turnout, there was a good chance that the district will also have 75 to 80% turnout. And that if that precinct, which was predominantly Democrat, was going to meet those turnout numbers, my candidate would win. So the Saturday before the election, um, I was just leaving my class for project management. And I get a call from Emily and her husband say, hey, David, you gotta come down to the local library and wave signs. And I said, you know, I would love to. It's been a long day. I've been in class for eight hours and we won. They're like, what do you mean we won? 
we won. Haven't you seen the numbers? You know, this precinct, like I told you, has X amount of turnout of the voters that need to turn out. We won. They're like, you're kidding. It's like, we won. And like, no, David, just come on down. It's like, you know something? I'm going to bed. I'll see you on lecture day. Mm -hmm. The rest is history. Um, now, Commissioner Bonilla uh, has um, won her second uh, term. So she'll be in for eight years as county commissioner. Uh, after that first win in November 2016, um, I decided to open my own consulting firm. Um, first, it was going to be Washington Consulting. However, the attorney that we ran our campaign office out of, uh, Steve Myers, saw what I did on the campaign, was impressed and said, hey, I want to partner with you. I'm like, hey, why not? Lawyers have deep pockets. Why not? You know, let's join up. But what Steve brought to the picture was mm -hmm. uh, trial advocacy. Um, he brought uh, the use of focus groups to what we do. And also he brought uh, client preparation. Uh, to what we do. I think he also brings the element of, of law, which I think is supposed to be about justice mm -hmm. um, and also truth. So hopefully that is some other qualities that came in there. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He uh, demonstrated that too in future campaigns. So we formed Myers in Washington uh, back in uh, November uh, of 2016. And since then, we've had a number of victories. Um, we can say that uh, we contributed, influenced, or managed uh, three of the current sitting county commissioners here in Orange County. Mm -hmm. There are six total. Hopefully in 2022, we'll make it four out of the six, maybe five out of the six, we'll see. However, that's, that's one of our goals. Um, we've also had championed, managed, campaigns for successful uh, ballot initiatives, charter amendment initiatives, and uh, judges. Uh, so we're, we're very happy with that. And because of our success, uh, particularly our field operations during Myers in Washington, uh, we spun off a separate company dealing with our field operations. Our field director, uh, Victoria uh, Rampersad, uh, formerly Victoria McCray, but she's now married. Uh, she did such a great job that I created a standalone company for field operations for her. She is the chief operating officer. I'm the CEO. And from there, we blossomed to not just uh, field operations and canvassing, but also uh, IP marketing, digital canvassing. And that has, uh, wow, that, that helped us through the pandemic a great deal. Okay, reoccurring dream. What is it? Now I kind of think that it's going to be very futuristic. So actually, my reoccurring dream since I was a kid is very vivid was uh, being in a big metropolitan area, um, whether it's Chicago or Bangkok or, or somewhere big where there's bridges and either running and trying to jump the bridge as it's opening or driving and jumping the bridge. And that has been a recurring dream since I was a kid. What do you think it means? Um, you probably I, know better. I think it means that if there's a challenge that I think is insurmountable, I'm gonna still run up to that line and, and, and try to jump that bridge and try to get over to the other side and, and succeed. 
that's how I proceeded. Mm -hmm. I must admit that just before I went to Thailand, um, I had my Vespa scooter and I was running late for uh, a meeting for the Peace Corps downtown Chicago. And I was crossing the bridge that was like a still grate. And there was some, it was a windy day and air was coming up on the bottom. And I was just flying through it and I lost control and went to the windshield of my Vespa <gasps> and and were you okay? Um, I ended up with like 21 stitches <gasps> right across my forehead here. And I don't uh, see it. it. It's somewhere, I think it's on this side. It, it's faded, thank goodness. Yeah. It's the Florida sun. Oh. And uh, I, I cracked open my skull, and oh. it was just before I left for, uh, uh, for Thailand. Luckily, I was able to heal up and go, but that bridge. <laughs> Uh, I think maybe that was it. That that particular bridge was the dream. Granted, it wasn't opening at the time. However, if you saw the original Blues Brothers movie, yeah, the bridge that they jumped was yeah. the same bridge. <gasps> wow. Yeah, on the southeast side of Chicago. So. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That's such a good movie. I wish it they is. brought that movie back. Oh. oh, because I just said it. Now it's going to show up and it's going to be in my feed. All of a sudden, it's going to be playing right. at Netflix or something. <laughs> John Belushi has. Yeah. yeah. What? You're shaking your head? No. Why? You oh, don't no, like we it? don't need to bring it back. It's perfect where it's at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, watch remake. it again. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Sure. No remakes. Though. When I'm saying, yeah, bring it back, I don't mean, yeah, a remix oh, I, no. or remake. I want to see the original. Stop to know these days when you say, yeah, bring it back, what that means. Reimagining Ghostbusters and uh, all this. And, yeah, uh, it was kind of hard to reimagine that one. That was good. I'm all for an all female cast, but like, make the movie good. Like, yeah, that yeah. movie wasn't that good. They're making another one, you know. Yeah. With all women again? No, no. This one's Paul Rudd and Finn from uh, Stranger Things. Strange, Strange uh, Things. Uh, Wolfhard. 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 Uh, Finn Wolfhard. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It looks mm. pretty good. Looks yeah. scary. Well, you put Paul Rudd in it, it's going to be good. Yeah. If you put Paul Rudd, Ryan Reynolds, and oh, I don't geez. know who else, there would be like a really good movie. Yeah, that would be a good cast there. All right. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, who is the most influential person in your life and why? It's got to be several people. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking you're going to say your brother. Influential in the way they we've always been competitive towards one another. Mm -hmm. So in that way, he's always pushed me to be a better person. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes not to be a better person, but a better competitor, mm -hmm. uh, if that makes sense. Um, so my heroes uh, uh, that have influenced my life, my parents, uh, especially now that I've gotten older, I'm in my early 50s, and I realize, you know, the lessons that my parents taught me and, uh, and, and benefiting from those lessons now. And uh, my dad passed away roughly eight years ago, and it's not a day doesn't pass. that I, I, I talk to him, I say, you know, thank you. I get it now. And mm -hmm. my mom is, you know, still alive, and she's enjoying life. And uh, talk to her almost every day by text. Uh, Frida Kahlo, the Mexican artist, um, mm -hmm. her, her paintings, her, her, her truth, her reality, in her paintings really inspired me and inspired me to see um, uh, disasters, see um, uh, near fatal uh, events in our lives, uh, 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 opportunity to be better and to be creative. <laughs> um, let's see, there is, um, I have some 
musical influences, uh, um, Beck, uh, Simple Minds. Um, Shaking his head. He likes your artists. Thank you. Um, let's see, artists, uh, and, uh, other artists or authors like uh, James Baldwin, uh, Sidney Poitier. Um, there, there, there's so many influences in my life. Um, and then it comes to the everyday people uh, that mm -hmm. I come in interact, interaction with uh, who inspire me in one way or another. If I come in contact with anyone, I truly believe that I'm going to learn something more about the world around me. Anyway, you can learn a lot, whether it's a plant, an animal, a person. Correct. Any of those things. Really good stuff here. All right, your house is burning. You can only rescue three things. Forget the fact that you were previously married and you would want to take the whole house. The whole house could be the thing. No more houses. <laughs> You're taking everything in that house. That that becomes one thing. Having the house is so much work. Three yeah. things. Yeah. My clothes. That's a lot of clothes. You're a good dresser. Thank you. Yeah. You really are GQ. He dresses really, really well. There are some staples that I have that I, I just had to have. Is that in a to-go bag? Because remember, you're not yes. picking up the whole closet. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the go bag. Okay. Um, my laptop. Oh. Because I presume I already have my phone in my pocket. So, well, what if it's the middle of the night? You don't have your phone in your pocket. It's right there next to me on the pillow. <laughs> so, a bad habit, phone, bro. you're going to take your phone and then your laptop and your clothes. Yes. What about money? Hello. No, I rarely carry money. I use. See, my cards are in the back of my phone, so I would have it. See, my cards are in my phone. Okay, well, you one-up me. Yeah. yeah. All I, right. I, I, the, the neighborhoods I used to, well, even here in, in Florida, I find myself all over um, Central Florida. And so sometimes I don't know what neighborhood I'm in. So it's just easier for me to, you know, have uh, my digital card and not have any cash or anything. And, um, and now carry a credit card, uh, my go-to. Um, just in case, but if I can pay with my phone, I'll pay with my phone or my watch. Very. All right. Mm -hmm. He's got a handy little iWatch on there, whatever it's called. Um, it's a fossil. Fossil. I'm not a big fan of Nice of brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you most proud of? I don't know if we covered that one. I think I skipped that one. Oh, no. Um, yeah, we skipped that one. What am I most proud of? My three sons. You have kids? I have three boys. Uh, my oldest just turned 21 uh, on Saturday. Um, that's Justin. My middle son, he is 16. He'll turn 17 in uh, February. Uh, his name is Joshua. And my youngest is Jonathan, and he will turn 11 in March of next year. So what was the first one's name then? Justin. J's got the J thing going on. They can thank their mother for that. Uh, they have my father's last name, Washington, uh, and uh, I got to choose um, the middle names except for the youngest one. Okay, so you'll like this little thing too. So my grandparents on my mom's side are Jim and Justine. Yeah. They get married. They have two kids. My mom is Judy. My my uncle is Jan. My mom marries Jack. My mom and dad, Jack and Judy, have three kids. 
Joni, that's really my first name. I do not want to be called Joni. I prefer Isabella. You call me Joni, then you're either my dad, my brother, or you don't know me. So <laughs> you're just finding it on something that was online. So there's Joni, Jay, and Josh. Josh is my other brother's name. Okay. My brother Jay gets married. Now he no, married he married somebody that broke tradition of Jay, okay. but they have three kids, Jacqueline and Jennifer. And then both of those girls have kids and they've named their kids with the J names. Now my brother, no, no, my uncle Jan, he marries Lucy. And Lucy has they have kids together. It's Jimmy and and Jennifer. So this whole little J thing <laughs> on the org chart is like all over the place. And I just went, this is crazy. Oh mercy. I, I and so that's why I go, no, I'm not going by, you know, Joni and nothing. So Isabella, that's the name. And so then I know where it is. Now, if I get in trouble, the parent is always going to say, Jody, blah, 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 right. Justin, get over here right now. <laughs> we want to talk to you. So I can identify with the J thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Maybe we're really rate, uh, related because I'm from Kansas. I don't know. It's not too far away from Illinois. It's not. It's just a hop and a skip. Yes. All right. Uh, hamburger or veggie burger? Hamburger. Why? Um, well, you know, I lived not too far away from a McDonald's growing up, and Fridays were like McDonald's. You know, always look forward to it. And, you know, as uh, I got older and moved away from, you know, eating McDonald's, it's rare that I go there now, but um, hamburgers, you know, kind of bring back that feel good feeling, you know, yeah. after, you know, school and, you know, it's Friday and, you know, hamburger and fries and drink and sit, you know, on the TV with my parents and watch um, Dallas it was on Friday nights on CBS. I do remember that. Do you know this show? I've never watched Dallas. Okay. Do you know the show though? Okay, so see, forget the fact that you never watched it. I just didn't know if you ever heard of it. Okay. Yes, yeah, that was a ritual. Yeah. yeah. Good times. All right. And last question, then we're going to take a, a moment for a break. Does life exist on other planets? Yes. Oh, why? That was a very speedy. I didn't even get to finish the question. Oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> but why? Why do you say yes? I feel that, you know, there has to be intelligent you know, life forms out there and maybe even just common or simple, not so complex, intelligent life forms on other, you know, plants and other universes. And here I go into my whole, you know, uh, multiverse <laughs> kind of spiel. I mean, I, I do believe that, you know, there are different uh, multiverses or different. It's like Men in Black. Men in Black and any Marvel movie just. About oh, my God. Yeah. Down. Pick yes. it. Well, I really think it's like Men in Black. So, mm -hmm. you know, Rodman, you know, oh, yeah, he's really from whatever yes, planet. Yes, <laughs> you know, I, I just sit here and go, that is probably what it was really, really like. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you open up the locker. Hey, oh, hey, oh, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, so I funny. Believe that. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a few moments to just acknowledge our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. All right, so we are back to our show, and it's all about the future of jobs in the industries in 2030. So, David, yes. we only really have about probably 10 minutes left. So, what do you think? 
politics will look like in 2030? Because I pulled some articles and, you know, it looks very futuristic. What I think is going to happen is, and that's only nine years away, it's still possible we will not have destroyed our planet. But I believe that the ability to ensure that we have um, secure election processes would take place. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure if we have to go over and show our phone or our Facebook or something like that to confirm our identity. But I believe that there will be more ways of ensuring that people are voting and that the right to vote is, um, I'm going to say, secure. Because we've had political issues where other countries go and hack the results. We know that people's emails accounts are there. There's questions as of last year about, you know, how who really won the elections. So what do you think? Uh, and we're looking at the year 2100 or 2030. Oh, 2030. Well, I've learned that at least on the federal level and even on local level, politics, legislation, government is slow moving. Yeah. So I believe that we'll still see government as we see it now with some incremental changes, particularly in the area of cryptocurrencies. They'll play a larger role in our So government. one economy? I believe one economy, yes. Mm. Yes. That's biblical, you know. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, we'll see them uh, a, a larger acceptance and emergence of cryptocurrencies. Uh, I also believe that there is, well, I'll just say this, uh, time is pretty much uh, has run out for the planet in regards to making any um, impact. impact on climate change. I, I, I was listening to a, a New York Times the Daily Show um, report about the prospects for uh, making any significant changes in uh, reversing climate um, change, and uh, it, it was not it was not a, a rosy picture. And no, so, it is not. Uh, with the way governments move, uh, with their projected uh, targets, um, twenty. Uh, 2050, 2030, I believe is too late. Mm. Uh, so climate will affect our politics as it is right now. Uh, water will become more and more of an issue, uh, not just here in America, but globally. Um, there's a lot of work ahead. That is why I believe that there's this race to get into outer space because people are going, well, where are we going to go? Mm -hmm. How are we going to live? Mm -hmm. You know, people are thinking about that for sure. Um, even I, I sat there and I was thinking about it this morning. I went, well, I'm going to go get a new car. I need to go and get something that's energy efficient, right? What sure. is that car? Because that they're saying that it's going to be another four years before they even flip it over and we're still using gas. Pretty much, yes. You know, that's... Or even longer, depending yeah. on um, the fuel cells that are being used uh, right now. Big question is, okay, when those die out, what do you do with those fuel cells, those lithium cells, mm -hmm. those batteries? That yeah, has... everything that's fueling our phones, our computers, all of those things. They yeah. fill the landfill somewhere. Yep, they sure enough do. And then I was listening to another, um, the news yesterday morning, and they were talking about how uh, turtles were showing up on beaches around the world, and they have some type of a virus. They don't know what it is. Oh, boy. 
Yeah. And so they're following like the impact of what's happening. So water, when you mention water, it's mm -hmm. going to be a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, people that have been going, oh, no, climate change, not real. Yes. It isn't a political discussion. It is actual reality. Yes. You only have so much water. You only have so much food. To have the issues that are going on with COVID, um, I don't know how it sounds, but you know, I believe that there's this place where everybody uh, we're kind of cleaning out the uh, the number of people that are <laughs> going to be on this planet. Thinning the herd. Thinning the herd. Yeah, that's a, a better way of saying it for sure. But that's that's what we're I think what we're seeing because food scarcity will continue. And I sat there and I thought about everything that I get to enjoy. And when I go into the grocery stores, I see empty shelves more than we ever used to. Yes. And I sit there and I think I better have a backup plan as to where I'm gonna go and live. And it's not gonna be in a mega mansion on a lake. Yeah. It needs to be That's... something I can tow behind me. So I'm going, okay, do I get a pickup truck? Is that what I'm gonna get? If they don't come necessarily in, in you know, electric form and how many places where I can actually charge a car and, you know, these are the things that occupy my mind. So I would think in politics, if if I'm thinking this way, and I watch a lot of ads that are targeting millennials and Gen Z, and more specifically Gen Z, it's like, what are we doing? You know, we've got to make sure our clothes last longer. We have yes. to make sure. So that means somebody's going to be saying, hey, we're going to give up the phones. And, and they're really not phones. You know, it might oh, be flip phones like yeah. or old school. Yeah, right. it's going to be a phone that we are not accustomed to using. This is a computer. Yes, this is. This is this is what tells me what to buy, what to believe, what to watch, everything. Mm -hmm. It is pretty much telling me what and how to live. That's correct. And so for those people that don't know how to we'll say cook food on their own without having it sent to them or delivered to them. That's right. Or anything. If you don't know how to do some of those things. So cook, change clean, your tire, change your tire. Yes. Use maps without map quest. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You're right. Yep. It's a new world. Brave new world. It will go back to that. There will be a place where reset will happen at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what. Any other thoughts on elections? We talked about climate. We talked about elections. <sighs> Anything else that you think about that? Because you know, I found this one article is about the ecology is the new politics, and they're estimating that to twenty one hundred year twenty one hundred. I went, gosh, who's going to be around? Environmental voters are the lowest has the lowest, one of the lowest propensity to turn out to vote uh, mm -hmm. among voters. And if environmental voters actually came out and vote, we would see movement on, you know, mm -hmm. uh, public policy about climate change and, and things like that. Um, we tend to, as Americans, um, give away our, our, our power by not voting, yep. by not participating in civics. And it's a shame because it's consultants like me who are determining who your next representative is going to be. And it's not that, you know, I, I believe I'm in the battle of 
good versus evil, and hopefully I'm on the good side. Uh, however, I'm not going to win all the time. Good is not going to win all the time. And so if there was more involvement by the public in our electoral process, perhaps we will see uh, movement on some of our uh, dire priorities, uh, whether it's here in America or overseas. Mm. Um, politics is local. It's yeah, it kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning of the show, right? Come full circle. Yeah, yeah where it's always about... It's about local, it's about community, it's about being able to make a difference. And I cannot stress that enough. I worked for the Nature Conservancy and sure. I am a big you know, tree lover and you know, plants and everything about that. But I, I know that I've become very comfortable mm -hmm. with the world that we're in right now. And I sat there and I thought if more people cared about the environment as much as they care about fashion or pick a topic that is just mm -hmm. so irrelevant you know, we would have a different place. And I think about what does it take to get food to me? Or what does it take to uh, shop? And I use these products that are put out by Grow. Um, Grow. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so they're eliminating yeah. plastic. They are eliminating as much as possible. So my soap is sent to me in a box. It's like very limited uh, packaging that's on there, things that are biodegradable. And I was talking with somebody else that's from Orlando and they said, you know, we really don't recycle. Yeah. So what the heck? Why do I have recycling bins and give the illusion of we're recycling? I feel like I'm doing something good, but it really doesn't matter. And what's even worse is that if you do live in Orlando and if you voted in the last mayoral election back in 2019, um, if you voted, you were only 18% of the eligible voters to who voted on that day. Only 18% of eligible voters voted in the Orlando mayoral election. That is so sad. And so a good portion of those people voted for the other people. So you have a very small minority who reelected the mayor who has that policy of recycling and let's say here in Orlando. And um, it's, it's a facade. So how do you get more people or how can people get more involved with local elections to vote? The hard way. Anyway. The hard way, unfortunately, and this is probably the best way to get people involved, is a disaster, is calamity, is uh, conflict. Uh, unfortunately, people react to... Uh, George Floyd last thank year. You. Thank you. And then everything else that came out of it, COVID and having to wear masks. Exactly. Food scarcity, toilet paper, just pick it. I mean, last the year, 18 months, mm -hmm. has been the place of like wake up people. Right. Unfortunately, uh, some type of drama drives people to action. And when there is no drama, people are comfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be comfortable. I like to, you know, rattle the cage. I like to, you know, you know, persuade people to, you know, get up off their duffs and, and, and participate. But unfortunately, it takes some type of event, uh, an unfortunate event sometimes, to rally people to realize, oh my God, this is what is at stake. Mm -hmm. So where can people go right now to participate in local elections and to get involved with that? There's local uh, political parties. Uh, if they feel 
uh, safe in, in uh, participating at, uh, at the party level, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, um, or even Libertarians, Independent Party, uh, Green Party, there are chapters. There's other organizations like the League of Women Voters mm -hmm. uh, that you can participate in. They're nonpartisan. Uh, they have chapters throughout Central Florida. They have one here in Orange County. And there's many other uh, nonpartisan organizations like the Voters Education Coalition of Central Florida, my not-for-profit that uh, studies out, um, um, outreach, advocacy, persuasion in elections. Uh, there's there's um, universities. Uh, there's the student government. There's uh, uh, the student Democrats, student Republicans. So just about anywhere you can get engaged. And any group that is really important to you, honestly, because if, if environmental issues are important to you, they always have legislative ways that you can get involved and mm -hmm. participate. So the Nature Conservancy, like I said, that's where I led, uh, worked for two years. It was always, there was a way to get to those groups. Mm -hmm. So just pick, if it's butterflies, or bees, mm -hmm. which yes. we know those are you know, having issues also, then find the, you know, the bee group that's here in town and yes. then say, okay, what is it that I need to do to help save bees? They'll tell you exactly oh. what you need to do. Oh yeah. So, you know, whether it's a cause or a political office, you can always get involved. Just right. as for as long as we have phones <laughs> with lithium in them, right? Lithium? Lithium, yes. Yeah. Then we have to make sure that you Google and you use the phone responsibly. Mm -hmm. So, well, best mentoring advice you want to share with our listeners? Best mentoring advice I have is listen, actively listen, effective communication, and have a moral compass. Um, know that there are things that you are willing to do and things that you're not willing to do. And have a personal creed. Mine is truth, honesty, and loyalty. Good, good words to live by. How can our listeners contact you? Is website, social channels, email, LinkedIn, what is it? How can we reach you? Um, right now, I have, oh boy, you can always <coughs> type into Google uh, Myers in Washington. M -E oh, well, spell it, Myers. M-E-Y-E-R-S yep. yep. in Washington. Uh, or uh, you can type in door-to-door -door I-4. That's my other company. Door with the number two. Right. The number two or spell it out. T O. Okay. Yes. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Uh, you can look at uh, look me up, uh, David Elliott Washington, on LinkedIn. That's the best way of getting a hold of me. Um, I'm also working with the organization called uh, Bringing America Together Again. It's looking at uh, working with. Uh, the full spectrum of uh, political affiliations and bringing the best candidates uh, to the forefront um, and getting them uh, elected and truly representing their communities, uh, bringing America together again. The executive director is Joel Hawksley uh, and also the Alta Project uh, with uh, Orlando Worldwide Foundation, uh, where I can be reached there also. Very nice. Well, I also want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, to our production team, Elizabeth Herbert. This was her last day. Um, Nick Morales, video editor, intern, audio, sound, and music. 
by Matt Miller and Dave Francis. And soon to be coming will be Becca Coffey. She will be joining us here. Matt will be also heading up um, with the questions. So you're going to get to get get to know these two people a lot better. Uh, be sure and visit Intern Pursuit at internpursuit.tech, to learn how you can get matched with amazing intern talent and be recognized as an employer for change. David, thank you for being on the show. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed oh it. Oh my gosh, I love working with you. Thank you. I enjoy it, Isabella. I, do, I really do. Thank you. All right. Well, you all take care. Subscribe to us on Podbean. All right, so here we are. Okay, I'm going to just let Nick know he needs to make sure he doesn't start the music just yet. So Elizabeth, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. This is your last day of the show. It is indeed, and thank you for welcoming me. I feel very appreciated, and I have my entire time here. Oh, did you get your little present yet? Not yet. Okay. All right. And so we also have in here, Matt, he is uh, behind the scenes. He's going to be stepping into some of the conversation. I hope he has the show notes pulled up. Yeah, I got All right. He's got my back. So that's awesome. Since then, but twin has always been with me since a little kid. Oh, I have a question more. Yes. So does that mean you were the second born? I was the first born by four minutes. So why is it twin? I mean, the twin should be the duplicate that comes out after. Embrace <laughs> it. My brother go, went by the name Rebel. I don't know where that came from, but uh, <laughs> twin was more fitting. And I was, it was easy for me to embrace that. Okay. So. All right. Um, actually, it was two years for us. Wow. Uh, we were the. <coughs> Am I back? Yes, you are. What happened? I honestly have no idea. We have our own Wi-Fi thing set up here, so it's supposed to be really good, but I guess it's not. Wow, that was crazy. Everything just went down. Like, yeah. Nick, you are going to edit this out. Fortunately, you were like in the end of a sentence. So I don't think it's going to be hard to capture that. But I don't see you, Elizabeth, on camera. I did turn my camera off. Uh, I thought it might help. Oh, was it also the cat? And you frozen. I was thinking it was a cat. Yeah, frozen. It says my internet connection is, is unstable. So maybe it's also something of mine. <laughs> But what's really funny is it's your name is across the screen. It is gigantic. So mm -hmm. let me see how I can. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I, I feel like I've lost control of my um, oh. my computer too. Uh, <laughs> it is recording. It does say it's recording. I'm not sharing a screen. Typically, the recording. Um, yeah, I'm just totally, I feel like I'm screen sharing even for some reason. We're back. <clears throat> okay, so we were just finishing up. Uh, Nick, just in post edit, um, if you'll make sure that you get this response to two years in Thailand. <laughs>